Here at Kajabi, we are known for one thing, helping everyday people like you build successful businesses online. With our simple all-in-one platform, we've paved the way for over 100,000 people to create 300,000 products and collectively earn over $3.9 billion in revenue. And we've created the Kajabi Edge podcast to inspire, educate, and empower you to do the same. So unlike other podcasts that highlight the glory stories of today's most successful entrepreneurs, we're bringing you the real stories from real people who have created real success to give you the online business edge you need to succeed in today's digital marketplace. So if you're someone who's looking to start an online business, allow us to be the first to welcome you home to the Kajabi family. everyone and welcome to the Kajabi Edge podcast where we talk to real entrepreneurs to give you the online business edge you need to succeed on Kajabi. I'm your host Jared Lohman, Vice President of Customer Experience and today we're joined by a marketing expert Chelsea Kenyon. How's it going today Chelsea? Oh it's going so good. I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Well we're glad to have you on um, calling in just just post storm um, like recovering with the sunshine. Uh, hopefully you're feeling um, bright and ready to chat today. Uh, Let's just dive right on in with your 15 second elevator pitch on what it means to be a marketing expert. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I don't really do like the canned uh, marketing pitches or the the elevator pitches or whatever, because I'm always shifting. I'm always (laughs) changing. I'm like a little bit of a chameleon. And um, I've tried doing those, those elevator pitches in the past. And within a week, I'm, I'm, I got to redo it because <laughs> I'm, I'm doing something new now. Um, but the one thing that does always kind of have that like golden thread through everything is marketing. So whether I'm kind of getting into human design or I'm getting into copywriting or whatever it is, there's always that little bit of marketing going through all of it. And just being a marketing expert, I am really in tune to the messaging and positioning and noticing the trends and shifting and changing my marketing. And I mean, I started in marketing before I even realized I was doing marketing. Um, gosh, I don't even know, like 10, 15 years ago, long time ago. And I've shifted my marketing so much over time because I just kind of went with the flow. And then looking back, I'm like, holy crap, I am, I've, that's why I've been able to grow my business rather quickly is because I've shifted with those marketing trends. So that's what I like to help people with is spotting those trends, writing the trends, maybe even creating new trends. That's always fun too, right? (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, uh, let's just dive right on into the genesis of your story. Did you always, were you always in this space? Did you ever work the day job? How did you, how, how did you work your way into this field? You know, everything just sort of presented itself to me, I guess you could say. I, I never in a million years, if you, if you go back to me in my twenties, I'm in my mid forties now, but going back to, you know, when you're in your, in your twenties and you're trying to figure things out, right? You're like, what am I doing? What's my big career? What's, what's my passion and and all these things. And I loved doing hair. That was my favorite thing in the world. I started doing hair when I was like 15. So immediately I, I went to beauty school right out of high school and I became a hairdresser. And 
I was really good at sales at the time and I didn't realize it. I was always top in sales for product and I always had, um, you know, people come in and they want to bang trim, but they walked out with a full color treatment, all the things, cause I would upsell them on everything and, you know, upsell, downsell all the things. And it wasn't until later that I realized like, oh my gosh, I was really successful as a hairdresser because I'm really good at sales and marketing. And then I had kids and being behind the chair, 40 to 50 hours a week, traveling around doing hair shows. Cause I was also on stage. I was an educator for Paul Mitchell. I was, you know, it was like a, a whole career situation. Um, but having kids, it just wasn't going to work. So I started looking around for something I could do online. And I think on getting online at that point, it was just kind of in its baby phases of people really going, Hey, I can build a business on the internet, you know, doing these things. Coaching wasn't even a word on my radar at that time. Mentorship, any of this stuff wasn't even a word on my radar. And, um, I ran across a website called about.com and I applied to be the guide to Mexican food because I loved Mexican food. I ended up being a writer there for 10 years. And that's what really shifted me from the, the nine to five situation to realizing that, Hey, I can actually monetize being online. And this is perfect. So I have kids and, um, and then it just sort of shifted. I got into MLM. Um, because I realized that I did love making money online and I actually wanted to be a health coach. I'm very much into healthy living. So I wanted to be a health coach and the health coaching, um, program that I wanted to do, was going to end up being like $300 a month payments. And at that time I definitely did not have an extra $300 a month. So I got into MLM to make that money and I ended up being really successful with it. Really, really successful, made way more money than I even imagined. And, And that's when it really just started like my oh my gosh, like there's, there's so much that like uncharted territory, right? Like I just get to get out here and explore and make money doing it and help other people make money. To me, it was just such a no brainer. So I got into MLM, became very, very successful. It's making a lot of money, but I wasn't free to do what I wanted. And I really wanted to teach people marketing and create courses and do what I'm doing now. And the company that I was working with said, nope, you can't do that. You can't charge for that. And it was scary, super, super scary. But I walked away. I said, I'm going to choose me and I'm going to go all in on me. And I walked away from, you know, 10, $15,000 a month, pretty much. Um, you know, that was money that I had worked for and I built up my team and everything like that. So I don't want to say it was just like money, like free money coming in, but kind of, you know, when you're in MLM, like you could take off a whole month and you're still going to get that paycheck. So I was walking away from that residual coming in. Um, and I went all in on myself and, um, made pretty much that same money in my first month. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was crazy. It was really crazy. So I started doing, so then it just, I don't know, I guess it just like, that was kind of like the birth of, of where I just popped on the scene and was like, okay, (laughs) here I am (laughs) with all this marketing sales stuff. But I was all over the place, to be honest. I was a hot mess. I, I was just like, let me help all the people what needs to be done. And my first, my first thing that I did actually was at the time, people just always wanted to know what to say each day. They didn't know what to post, you know, they'd be like, Oh, in my head, like they didn't know what to post. So I made a thing with many chat where it sent them a message on Facebook messenger every day, exactly what to post. And I had my little framework and all the things and they got a, a new message every day. And that was like my first, um, thing to, to really help people and people loved it. And then many chat completely changed their whole <laughs> way that they did things. And it made my product not work anymore. And that's when I kind of started really 
getting more into like courses and stuff like that. Cause that was something I had a little bit more control over. So that was kind of the shift. Well, I think one thing that you said there really, really resonates, um, well, many things, but one thing that stands out to me is that I think the consistency for anyone who becomes successful in this space is there is a intrinsic or deep desire to help other people. That's, that's always a key factor that I notice. Absolutely. People say that all the time, like, well, what would you really be doing if money wasn't an issue? I'm like the same thing. (laughs) Absolutely. The same thing. (laughs) I love to talk to people about communication and how they're communicating and words. Um, I'm a triple Gemini (laughs) and Gemini is all about communication and words. So, um, I have my son is in Gemini. My moon is in Gemini and Mercury is in Gemini and Mercury is the planet of communication. So I'm all about helping people craft their message and craft their marketing and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that's absolutely what I would continue to do. Even if I was not getting paid, I would start a nonprofit about communication. I would just write books about it. I would just, I would still do it. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Well, one area I'd, I'd, I think we should just, uh, drill into, uh, you mentioned essentially replacing a pretty sizable, substantial income almost overnight. Can we zoom into that? Can you take us through what that even looked like? Did you have an audience? How did that happen? Yeah, let's dig into that because I definitely don't want somebody to come into this and feel like, I didn't make it overnight. What's wrong with me or something like that? Like I said, I had been a successful person in MLM and I had really built my audience over the course of four or five years during that time. So when I did flip the switch and say, Hey guys, I'm not going to do this MLM anymore. And look at what I have. I had a really great offer. I was going to tell them what to post each day. It was affordable. It was $15 a month. So I just, it was a perfect combination of all the years that I had spent building my audience, a great offer, a great price point. I had connections. I knew top people. They were putting me in their groups. So it wasn't just like, Oh, I just rolled out of bed and was like, Oh, I'm going to make 10 K this month or 15 K this month. You know, I did I had already put in a lot of that work for sure. So yeah. How about your, your, your list? If you're willing to share like your list size at the time, like what, what was your audience at that point? I didn't have an email address. I didn't, or not an email address. Sorry. I didn't have an email list at the time. It was pure social media. Um, back when the algorithm was a little bit better. Um, it was all done through Facebook. I didn't start building my list until after that started taking off. And then I was like, Oh, I should probably build a list and do this the right way. (laughs) You know, like it was, a lot of things that I did in my business were really so out of order. I really <laughs> just kind of like did things in a very uh, mixed up kind of way, but you know what? It worked. And so that just goes to show you, you know, the formulas that are out there, they're, they're a great starting point for sure. But sometimes you just have to do what works for you and just do it in the moment and for sure. don't overthink it too much and don't be like, Oh my gosh, is this going to work? Is this maybe I should do this way? Just go do it. You know what? If it doesn't work, try something else. There's always more ways to try. And that's what I did. I spent a lot of time doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I definitely want to talk about those more. I'm also, I'm, uh, if even if it wasn't your list, uh, how about your social media audience? Like for anyone listening, who's like, Oh, I've got, you know, 10 people and three of them are my grandpa, my uncle, my aunt, my sister, my brother. (laughs) Like, can you give us a little bit of perspective? Same thing. I had like 300 people as my friends. Um, and you know, I did the posts like, um, 
I'm going to go, you know, I'm, we're going to grill up some dinner and go play darts afterwards. Yay. You know, just like really, <laughs> really bland, boring things. Um, but being a marketer, I started noticing the shifts. So when people started posting memes and then they said, you know, the big thing for a long time was engagement posts, right? Um, what, what are you having for dinner? Or, you know, if you were to paint your fingernails, it would be red or red or pink or whatever. Like everything was all about engagement posts, right? So that worked for a long time. Um, and then it started uh, shifting into more long form content. And, you know, you post the picture of yourself in a thoughtful pose and then post the long form content along with it. And it was very, you know, contemplation kind of situation going on. So I just followed the trends and I was right on it. I always picked up on those trends before they became big. So I would start doing it. Also content, content, I think no matter whether it's an engagement post or a long form piece of content, the content has to be out there and it has to be good content. So, um, being authentic and also sharing a good combination of who you are, what people want to learn, what you can teach them, you know, a good, a good balance between like, I would say education and entertainment, because if it's all education all the time, it gets very dry and bland. And I think people are also moving so much more right now, just talking about like a current trend. People are sort of moving away from wanting to do business with a corporate business type situation and more with people, you know, like they want to know the people behind it. They want to know what the brand is about. It's not enough anymore to just be like, here's this thing that I have, you know, you got to get people the story. People really want to know the story behind it. And they're more willing to purchase things from companies that they are vibing with the mission and all of that, right? So writing content about that kind of stuff so they can get to know the mission, the vision, what you're about. Um, and also content that's polarizing. I don't think this is talked about enough for a long time. Pop, it was popular to have the vanilla content. Don't rub anybody the wrong way. Say all the nice things. It's business. We can't talk about, you know, non-business things. So keep it all business. But people are tired of that. It's It all became, you know, very cookie cutter, very canned, and people got tired of it. So um, I'm a big proponent of being polarizing. And sometimes people immediately think politics or something like that. No, it doesn't have to be that. You could pick like an enemy of your business. Like if your thing is weight loss, you know, pick an enemy of the business. We're going to be anti-cookie. No more cookies. <laughs> you know, just like make cookies the enemy, like be very polarizing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't have to be politics, which is very big these days, but it doesn't have to be that. You just pick mm -hmm. something that kind of jolts people out of their, you know, dreamland and kind of like, oh, wait, what's going on over here? And it's entertaining too, right? Yeah. I love that. It's like Kajabi could be the the enemy of Kajabi is like the nine to five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you could, you know, if you talk about that enemy and make that um like a whole thing thing, then yeah, it's absolutely, it's polarizing because it's, it's edgy. It kind of could, it might rub a few people the wrong way, but I'm a big believer sure. that when you, when you're rubbing some people the wrong way, you're also massively attracting the right people because we're never going to please everybody. Sure. Right. I think we all know that by now. Of that course. We're never going to make everybody on the planet happy. So might as well get your right people that you can be yourself with and get your message out to. Yes. Well, help take us through just the process of taking... Uh, you mentioned uh, you had an audience of maybe around 300 people, a subscription of $15 a month. Um, how did that like translate into the next phase of your business? What did that subscription even entail, I guess? Yeah. So the su subscription entailed them getting a message in their Facebook Messenger every month morning with a little framework on what to post. And the genius part of the way I did it was that I didn't just say, make a post about your product, right? Like so many posting calendars and stuff will just be like, Oh, talk about this today. Talk about this. I didn't do that. I said, think of three different aspects of your product and then make a, 
make a post um, asking people which one they would prefer. Would you, if you had, you know, if they had to pick one, which would they, would they prefer? And the best part is that no matter which answer they pick, it's still a part of your product. So that now you can use that to lead into a conversation about your product, right? So they would get something like that every morning. So it was really, really um, a unique, different approach to the typical, like, here's exactly what you post. So like I said, that was all wonderful and great. And I think I ended up signing up like 300, 350 people to that over time. And it was all going well, and I was getting more people, but but then many chat changed and that was the catalyst that got me into coaching. So I was like, I need to get my information to people in a way that's not reliant on a platform that I have no control over, right? We don't have any control yeah. over Facebook, over ManyChat, over Instagram. We don't have any control over that. And that's when I recognized the need to shift into something that I had more control over. And I think it was about that time that I got to, that I got Kajabi because before that I was piecing together WordPress and a million different plugins. And I didn't even have any, I wasn't even doing email at that point. But if I was, I would have had to have had an email provider. And I kid you not, every single week, one plugin broke and I had a million different plugins because I'm one of those people that it's never enough. I got to have I got to have it so perfect and, <laughs> and working a certain way and looking a certain way. And these plugins were breaking. And then of course, a bu- there's a bunch of plugins you got to pay for and the hosting and all the different things. And I was just getting so frustrated because every time one of those darn plugins would break, I'd have to uninstall all of them and then put everyone back in one at a time. And oh my gosh, it was so time consuming and so frustrating. And so when I found out that a solution like Kajabi existed, I was like, no way. <laughs> like sign me up now. I I need out of this WordPress hell, you know, give me something that's all in one place. And I was so, so excited that everything was all in one place. And, um, I, I got it and I was like, I I started digging in. I'm like, Oh my God, I can make a website. I can do this. I can do that. I can build an email list. Oh my gosh. I was, I was in absolute heaven. And this was with the old clunker Kajabi, (laughs) not the streamlined (laughs) amazing thing that it is now. That was with the, the older version of it. So, um, it's been, it's been really fun to, to watch it grow. And I've been able to grow my business with it, with Kajabi as you know, Kajabi is growing and it gives me more opportunities to grow my business. Now you guys have like podcasts and all this different stuff, different ways for people to grow their businesses. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I don't, I guess there's just not really like, I didn't really do like any sort of like cookie cutter step-by-step. My business has really been run by, I wake up in the morning and I see a need and I try to create something to fix that for people. Like that's what I do every day because I'm in it. I'm in the mix. I run my business online. I'm on the socials. I've seen the trends in the algorithm. Um, you know, I've, I've studied neuroscience. I know how the brain works. I understand communication. And so I just get up and I just use all those things and I go, Oh, look, there's a problem. Let me put my Chelsea cape on <laughs> and I'm going to create something to fix it. And so that's kind of how I've run my business, pretty much how I continue to run my business. And, um, you know, it gives me a lot of freedom and flexibility too, because I'm not stuck in some system that I have to create this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And I would never be able to survive just, you know, I love when I see people create their signature program. And they just sell it and sell it and sell it again and sell more. I'm like, oh, that's so awesome for you. I tried it. I can't. (laughs) I just can't do it because I just come (laughs) up with so many more ideas and so many things that I want to share and do. And so I have yet to, to have the one program. Maybe I will one day. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But yeah. 
to, to me, the, the main thing is do the thing. Don't wait till it looks perfect. Don't wait until, you know, so many people, they, they come into business and go, okay, got to build my email list. I got to do this and I got to do this. And they have this checklist of like 400 things. And then a year goes by and they still don't got a business. There's still no profit. There's still nothing happening. They're just behind the scenes. And some of them are even paying for Kajabi. And st- I'm like, what? No, I don't care if you have 300 people. Start talking about an offer. Throw an offer out there. Just do it. Figure it out as you go. You know, there, you don't have to have everything perfect. Cause guess what? If you think you think you have it all perfect, you know, you're going to get in there and it's all going to fall yep. apart and you're going to have to rebuild it anyways. So you might as well just like learn as you go, create as you go and just let it kind of flow and let it all hang out. Man, I look back at some of my earlier stuff. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> That is bad. Like my presence is awful. What I'm saying is terrible. My voice, you know, I'm just like talking like this to the camera, you know, just, it was bad. It was so bad, but that's how I learned. So now I get to be good at it and it flows effortlessly because I practiced before I was ready. So that would be like something that I love to communicate to people is just do the dang thing before you're ready, while you're scared, while it's imperfect, just go out there and do it. Just do it. Just go start talking to people about your solution. And then figure the rest out later because your copy is going to be crap. Your emails are going to be awful, but you're never going to, it's like trying to learn how to ride a bike by watching somebody ride the bike by you. No, you got to get on and fall over and scrape your knees and figure it out, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's such a, it's such a common thread we hear um, throughout all of like, it, it, like so many episodes here. Number one, I, it's amazing how many businesses I hear about that I would describe more as a series of of fortunate accidents than, ne- yes. than maybe necessarily the <laughs> deliberate decision. I do this step, this step, this step. It's so true. And so many people, <laughs> yeah. So many people are looking for like, here's the step one, here's step two, here's step three. But it just doesn't work that way. I don't think it. I don't think it ever does. No, it really doesn't. And like I said, you might have all the steps perfectly in place, and you go to take that first step, and you fall flat on your face, and it didn't work the way you thought, and then you got to rethink all your other steps and it's just going to get messy anyways. So might as well just jump into the mess completely unprepared because the best way to prepare is by learning as you go. And I mean, let me, let me preface this or let me rewind that a little bit. You don't want to be, you, you do want to get some education. Like I don't want to sit there and, and make it sound like you don't need to ever learn anything. But the problem is, is too many people, they get caught in that loop of like, Oh, I got to learn this. Oh, I got to figure this out. Okay. Now I got to do this. And it's like, at some point you got to go. You got to jump into the pool, Mm -hmm. even though you don't feel ready, you got to go. So I just wanted to say that because I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying or advocating, like, just go and be stupid and don't think about anything in business. (laughs) Like you still have to be a business person. Sure. But that is where I see a lot of people get hung up. They get overthinking, overtraining. One of my team members a long time ago, she was like, Chelsea, I'm working my business six to seven days a week. I'm not getting any leads. I'm not doing this and da, 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 da. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well that's weird because if you're really putting that much effort into your business, you should be getting something. Right. So I talked to her and I said, okay, well tell me what, what you're doing each day. Like, what is it that you're doing to work on your business? She's just like, well, first I log in and I check my group and I answer questions. And she's talking about a team, not even customers, her team group. <laughs> she answers questions. Then oh for I'll spend a couple hours on training. Um, um, and then I'll do some product education. I'm like, you're not even talking to customers. Like you're, 
she's she was so stuck and feeling busy in her business, but it was all the back end stuff, and she wasn't doing anything to connect with customers, lead generation, any of that. And so that just that lesson really stuck with me because I see that happen time and time and time again. Even with seasoned entrepreneurs, they can still get stuck in that loop. I get stuck in it sometimes where I'm just sure. playing around on the back end, and then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, my sales are dipping. Oh no! Oh wait, I haven't even actually sold anything. <laughs> nobody to blame but myself right <laughs> yeah sure it's 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 almost addicting to jump into those those elements of playing business the things that seem yeah. productive but ultimately don't actually put a dollar in the bank nope um <laughs> i'd love to just maybe zone in a little bit more we've talked a lot about the the series of fortunate accidents i'm gonna roll with that um let's talk about some of the hurdles some of the challenges of getting up and running uh you're just even navigating all of the the change perhaps yeah yeah absolutely so um I had a business model that I was using and it was working out really well, but, and it, and, and let me just, because, you know, we're talking entrepreneurs here. So what it was, was I was inviting people into my Facebook group, um, through various sources, through connections from other people that I knew through posting about it on Facebook, through saying, Hey, I'm going to do a masterclass. It's in this group, stuff like that. And so people would come into my Facebook group. I would do the masterclass in there. I would sell them on my program and I would do all the bells and whistles. We got bonuses. We got this, we got that. And people would join and um it was going great it was going great i was making like 20 25k a month just from that simple process however i got burnt out so badly because i was building my business on somebody else's system a system that i kind of had pieced together from uh, a couple of mentors that i followed and there was just a lot of issues with it first of all it was completely based on self study courses which I love. And I still have my self-study courses. They do play a part, but I was missing that connection with people. And they would come to me and be like, well, I got to this point, but then I got stuck. And I got to this point, but then I didn't, I'm like, okay. So I started doing live, more live programs where I was inviting people into the container and I'm actually there teaching the material live. Um, and then sometimes in the back end, you know, we'd have workbooks or maybe a pre-recorded class on the back end that they could access. Um, but me connecting with people because I, I love communication and I love to talk. I'm a talker in case you couldn't tell. <laughs> I am an absolute talker. So with the self-study courses, um, I wasn't able to, to talk. I wasn't able to utilize what I do best. And so I started doing more live programs. I also realized that I was way undercharging um, for what I was offering. And so I had to do some some changes in my, my pricing. Um, and so I just like went through this whole year of kind of, kind of going, you know what, I want to really build this in a way that's right for me, not because it works. Like I want to, or not because it's like the proven way or the, the method. Um, the other thing that happened too, is because I don't own Facebook and I was basing my entire business on a Facebook group. And I said a few things on Facebook, the Facebook didn't like, and all of a sudden everything tanked. And so that was another kind of wake up call, like, okay, this is not a sustainable way to do business long term. So that was a really challenging time because I didn't, I knew that I didn't want to keep going with things the way they were going, but I didn't know. I, I knew that there was going to be a lot of like jumping around. I wasn't sure exactly which way I did want to go at the time. Looking back now, it's always easy to pinpoint the things, but when I was in the thick of it, and so I basically let my whole business crumble to... Uh, I had a few recurring payments coming in. I was making like a thousand dollars a month. And then of course I feel like a total failure because I'm like, I had this amazing business that was generating wonderful money for me and my family. And what, because I was, I 
couldn't handle the, uh, you know, I couldn't handle the, the constant upkeep and the constant this and the always having to find something new to sell to these people. Um, you know, I, I just let it go. And so there was a lot of feelings of uh, failure, of frustration, irritation. With, I mean, just a lot of negative stuff. Right. And I had to put that back together because I missed it. I missed my business. I missed showing up for people. I missed having solutions for people and helping people. So I had to figure out what that looked like. And that was not an easy process because I, I really wanted to figure out what I wanted this time. When I first built my business, it was just go, 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 go. Like I never really stopped and actually thought about any of that. And so I I took that time to do that. And it was really scary because (laughs) there was not really any income coming in. And that was a really scary, scary thing to do. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I pick it, I pick myself up, I dust myself off and I go, okay, let's do this again. And we're going to do it a different way. And we're going to figure this out. And and that's what I did. Yeah, that was a really kind of scary time because I was just sitting there watching it burn my whole business, just watching it go and just having no desire to even stop it because I didn't like it. I didn't like the business that I had built. So that was um, definitely a huge challenge. And then there are little challenges here and there. Like, you know, the first time somebody disputes the charge, like, that's always fun. <laughs> Luckily, yeah. I've only had a handful over my time in business and with the amount of people that I serve because I do a lot of low end stuff. So for me, it's a lot of quantity, um, a lot of more, I, I reach a lot more people. So for the amount of people that I serve, I actually have very few, but man, when you get that email, it is like a knife in the gut, not because of the money, but because it's like, well, why didn't they reach out to me and have a discussion? Yeah. You know, what, what happened? What did I do? Oh my God. Like, you know, it's hard to not take it personally. And I am so yeah. impressed with people. There's a lot of people in business who don't take it personally. They don't care. They're just like, whatever. But for me, I took it personally and I really felt so like, Oh, what did I do? Like I, what happened? You know, and a lot of times I'd reach out to the person and be like, why didn't you come to me? And sometimes they'd be like, I didn't recognize the charge. Or sometimes it was, I thought I canceled it and and I'm sorry. I should have reached. I'm like, yes, you should have reached out to me. I would have fixed it. You know? But those things, you know, they're out of our control. We can't control other people. But that's that's one place that I struggled with as well. But I hired somebody to to uh, deal with the emails and deal with that side of things. So I can just be on the fun, <laughs> you know, the good side of things. Um, oh, and that was another thing too, is um, putting aside the investment to hire somebody to help. I really fought that one for a long time and I don't recommend it. <laughs> I really don't. Bite the bullet and get some help. I really felt like, well, I'm doing it on my own. I can do this all on my own. You know, I'm answering all the emails. I'm customer service. I'm running the show. I'm all the things. Um, because it was just such a big investment to go to hire somebody. And then I felt like also now I'm responsible for this person. You know, now this person's dependent on me and I love my independence. So that was a real, a real, you know, mind mindset issue that I had to really overcome and just be like, I can actually provide more and be more helpful to people if I have somebody taking a lot of that off my plate. So that was another big shift I had to make in coming back into business is realizing I need to get some help for this. If I'm going to keep this going, I need help, you know? So yeah. So those are just a few of the struggles and challenges. (laughs) Like I said, there've been many, but those are the (laughs) ones that are kind of popping out, but you know what? I survived all of it. I'm here and, you know, making great money and, and loving my business now in a way that I didn't before. Um, and also shifting to, in, in the marketing and, and changing up how I'm marketing, changing up how I'm teaching the marketing stuff like that. But yeah, it's been, a, it's been yeah. a road to get here. It's been a road to get here for sure. <laughs> 
Well, I think I think exactly what you were saying earlier when you talked about just, you know, falling down, wiping the dust off. Like, frankly, yeah. I don't think anyone can call themselves an entrepreneur until they've wiped off the dust at least once, if not two to three right. to four to five yeah. to 10 to 20 times. Right, right. It's yeah, kind it's, of a part of the journey. It's the, uh, yeah, entrepreneurs, you, uh, there's resilience. You have to be resilient. Otherwise you're going to get knocked down and you're going to go right back to the nine to five. Cause it's painful. It does hurt, but the real entrepreneurs, yeah. it's not going to matter. You don't even have to tell them that they'll just keep getting back up and keep getting back up and failing. And so, and sometimes way bigger failures than I've even had. And you know, the, what do they say? Like most millionaires have lost their millions at least a couple times and they turn around and make it right yep. back. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's an entrepreneur for yep. me for sure. Well, uh, I'd love to hear, uh, I know, that we talked about just uh, the transition to Kajabi, but uh, from from WordPress, which I, I know this will resonate to you. Uh, I don't know how all well this resonates with our, our listeners, but for anyone who hasn't used there, there's used WordPress, there's got to be a meme associated with pressing <laughs> update on yes. WordPress and like the plugins like that's something that like like it feels like it's like the amount of anxiety that that yes. caused every time you had to do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so I, I got to ask like what like did you go through like was there anything in between or did you just immediately gravitate right to Kajabi? How did you find out about it? Um and what was the kicker that pushed you there? Yeah, great question. Let me think about that. So yeah, I think it was basically like I was creating these websites on WordPress because I had one for myself. And because when you when I was doing WordPress, I didn't do it through WordPress. I actually um, had iPage, like some big hosting thing. So I had I was paying for hosting and then I had WordPress through them. And so I was building multiple websites. And back then you built you built a website for everything. I don't know what it was. You're just like like, Oh, I have to have a website for this. Oh, now I have to have a website for this. Like, I don't know. I was like collecting Pokemon, but making websites instead. It was, I don't know. It was a thing back then. Um, so yeah, so, so it was so fun to build. I will say they're really fun to build. I love going plugin shopping. It's always fun to see all the new plugins. And, and there was that, that, that fun aspect to it. And just the, um, sure the amount of customization that you could do was far beyond what now Kajabi is definitely a good competition for that. Now, back when I signed up with Kajabi, the website building was very, very basic. Um, so, so being with WordPress and, and having all these things for plugins, that's what really kept me there for a long time was because of the customization. But like I said before, it's a double-edged sword, you know, you get that massive customization, but things break all the time. And like you said, the constant updates and there's just so many moving pieces. And then you start forgetting, like I had so many dang plugins. I'm like, I don't even know where I put this. Like, what was the code for this? I don't remember where, what, you know, all the things. And I think at some point I just kind of almost like threw my hands up and walked away. Like, I'm just like, I am so done with this. Like, I just, uh, I know, isn't there an easier way? And literally Kajabi showed up as an ad on Facebook. And I was like, what's this? <laughs> Okay, all in one interesting concept. And I think it took a few times. Like I'm always one that I'm always like, cool, scroll, 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 right? And then it took a few times. And then I started seeing it being mentioned in other places and all this different kind of stuff. And um, I finally took a second to actually go to the website and read about the features. And that's when I was like, Oh, my gosh, give this to me now. I am absolutely in. I was so over the uh, the whole thing with the WordPress. Um, I did have like a little bit of a, a sad moment, if you will, because I did have so many websites that I had built through this whole thing. So I had a moment because I'm like, oh, Kajabi, I'm just going to have one. But it's really what I needed. It really <laughs> is. I needed to get my head out of all that stuff. It wasn't even making me really any money. I just was, I don't even know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. 
we're not going to go there. I don't even know. I think it was just fun for me to build stuff. Um, so yeah, so Kajabi showed up on my radar and it was just, it was just like that perfect moment of exactly what I needed at the exact right time. And I vaguely remember checking out some of the, I think I looked at like Thinkific or Teachable or one of those other ones that was available at the time. And it immediately for me personally, and I know there's a lot of people that use it and love it. And I know they're great platforms for, for the people that use them and love them. But for me personally, um, it just was not user friendly. Like I just felt like, cause I, I, you know, did the trial or whatever and I got in and I'm like, it felt so clunky and all this stuff, but I got into Kajabi and it was so streamlined and it was so user friendly. And I was like, I don't even have to have training. I can immediately go in and probably cause I'd been doing WordPress for a while too, you know? So I get the idea of how it all kind of works, but it, it just, the way it, it just was so easy. It was so easy. And I was like, Kajabi hands down. I'm, I'm going with Kajabi. Um, to this day, and I'll, <laughs> I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but to this day, when I buy a course or a program from somebody else and they're not on Kajabi, I literally get so frustrated. And there's been cases where I will not buy from them again. Okay. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I cannot do Thinkific or Teachable. Even Kartra is annoying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it's terrible. <laughs> if you use it and love it, God bless you. That is amazing. But I struggle with those other ones. They, to me, they're not user-friendly. I find myself having to click all over the place and then I get frustrated and I'm like, it's not even worth it. So yeah. So there you go. Everybody needs to be in Kajabi <laughs> for me. <laughs> yes. This is not a paid statement, by the way. I, I tell people this all the time and I I've posted in the group and I tell people all the time. I'm like, if you are not on Kajabi, like it makes me not want to buy from you. I'm sorry. It's just it is, it is what it is. And I tried, um, my husband was trying to, to get into the online stuff and he made a little something and, but I wanted it to be his. So I was like, well, why don't you try, um, Thinkific or Teachable? Cause I think they have like a good free plan you can try on there. So he tried and he got it going. He's, he kept coming, asking me for questions and I'd come over and be like, Oh no, I'm not even looking. I can't, <laughs> I'm going to pull my hair out. And then, um, and, and here's the funny thing. I didn't even realize at the time that on my plan, I have a whole other website. So once I realized that, I was like, hubby, we're on Kajabi. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Well, not only have you stuck with Kajabi for a long time, but you've also been like extremely successful. Like, I don't know what, like what you talk about publicly in terms of numbers, but like for all intents and purposes, you've, you've, I think recently celebrated a pretty big hero tier. Um, yeah, I have made over a half a million dollars with Kajabi. Yeah. I don't really talk about it too much, but, um, yeah, that's a pretty big number. And the really cool thing for me is that that's majority profit. I have a very lean business. Um, I don't really pay for too much. I do have my assistant now that happened probably about eight months ago. That's probably my biggest business expense. Other than that, I have Kajabi and I don't know, I think I have a Buzzsprout subscription floating around that I should probably cancel, <laughs> but I, keep, I run a very lean business. So that's, that's, um, really exciting. Cause I know there's a lot of people out there who like, I made a half a million, I made a million, but behind the scenes, they're paying for ads and a team and all the things. Sure. So for me, that, that is a really fun thing. And, a, you know, I'm very proud of that, that I do run a very lean business, but yeah, over half a million dollars in a few years, not too bad. Um, and that to me is pretty amazing. Given the fact that I actually kind of let my business burn to the ground, like all of that is included in that, <laughs> you know, all the mess, yeah. all the challenges is included in that number. So that should go to show you that even if you are messing up and having these challenges, like you can still make money, even in the mess. 
chaos. Even in the mess and the chaos, you can still make money. And Kajabi just makes it a lot easier. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if that isn't inspiring to someone who is on the fence about taking the leap, I don't know what would be. I don't. And and because you had said like, oh, you made uh, so much money. And to me, I just, I don't even focus on that. And it did for a second. It made me kind of uncomfortable because I was like, compared to what some other people are doing with Kajabi, like mine is nothing. (laughs) Mine is absolutely nothing. So many people out there just making, making bank. Like I think some are even out there making like eight figures a year and stuff. I'm like, wow, that's really inspiring. Yeah. You know, no matter where you're at on the journey. I mean, I think that's such an important point too, because there's always someone who's a little bit ahead of you, always someone a little bit behind you. Mm -hmm. Like that's just a part of the ride. But I, 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 that's no, no chump change there. I think you've done a pretty (laughs) marvelous job. We don't have a ton of, of, of people who've made that happen half a million dollar mark. So. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, uh, I guess speaking, just thinking through into the next phases, I know there've been lots of pivots and and we kind of touched on even a little bit of that, but what is coming down the pipeline next for you? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I haven't really even talked to anybody about this yet. So here we go. You're getting the behind the scenes. It's a Kajabi (laughs) edge first. Yes, it's a Kajabi edge first. So what I really want to figure out now is how to position my business or to build another business that I can actually sell. Like that's a kind of a new goal of mine. Um, Because right now I'm the face of my business. You go to my website, it's me. You buy my courses, I'm teaching it, right? It's all me, 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 me. So obviously I can't sell my business because I'm not for sale. (laughs) You know, it doesn't work that way. So now I'm trying to build pieces on my business because I'm I'm still in the baby phases of figuring this out and what this looks like. And I'll probably screw it all up. I'll probably do it all wrong and come back next year with a ton more lessons of how I screwed it all up. But um, what I decided to do is, is rather than go full on out and either pivot my business 100% to remove me completely, which kind of wouldn't be possible because, you know, I, I'm the teacher, I'm the person who's, who's doing that. So I'm trying to build pieces into my business now that would be potentially sellable later. So um, right now I'm creating human design reports. I'm writing them. It's all me doing it. But if I ever wanted to turn around and sell these later, I could, because there's no, anybody could sell them, right? doesn't have to be me. So I could sell the rights to those. I could get, um, build something where uh, it's not an affiliate situation, but uh, white, white label. Is that the word? Is that what I'm thinking of? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So to where people could like white label my reports and use them as their own stuff like that. So I'm just trying to kind of shift into having some of the things that I'm building be sellable. And I don't know exactly what that looks like in the future for myself, as far as if I'll create like a whole business that would be sellable or whatever. But like that, that's what's on my radar right now. Um, and like I said, I'm probably going to screw it all up and do it all wrong, (laughs) but that's okay. (laughs) At least I'm doing it. At least I'm doing it. It's a part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what's next. Very exciting. Well, uh, for anyone who's interested in uh, either just staying up to date with what you have coming down the pipeline and, or, you know, maybe picking your brain for your marketing expertise, what's the best way for them to find you? Well, I'm going to say my website, my Kajabi, my beautiful Kajabi website because you can go there and you can get there's a ton of free stuff I have I'm always I'm such a giver I'm such a giver Jared I'm always having so many free things I'm also the queen of one dollar courses I have had so much success with my one dollar courses um so go to my website and, and kind of just sift through it see if there's anything that you find interested interesting and you want to get on I would love to give you my socials and I can do that but I'm really trying to get away from reliance on
on social media, because again, I don't have control over that. So I'd rather you get on my email list and that way we can continue to talk there. Um, because who knows what social media is doing, what they're doing, what, what's going to happen with all of that. I don't know. I don't have any control over it. So yeah, just come on over to my website and I have a new free Kajabi community that women can come in because I do work with women that women entrepreneurs can come in and I plan on jam packing that full of free trainings and coaching and all kinds of good stuff. So, um, so yeah. And the only people that can get into that right now are my email list. But if you're listening to this in the future, I'll probably have a big banner on my, on my website ready to go. So you can hop into that. Well, lots of exciting stuff coming down the pipeline. It sounds like yeah. uh, we will definitely have that information in the show notes for anyone interested in listening. Um, uh, my my parting question for you, um, it's a question I ask everyone here, and it's always it's always such an interesting take. But for you, what what has changed in your life as a result of taking this entrepreneurial leap? Oh, freedom. Absolute freedom. Um, before, when I was having to wake up, and go do my work somewhere else and have to listen to a boss and have to deal with the with the gossip in the workplace and all of that. It was so draining. So that's the big shift that entrepreneurship has created for me is freedom. And that's actually the name of my community and Kajabi is the Freedom Files because I want everybody to be able to experience that if they so wish um, is freedom. And that's really what I base everything on my life in is, is this going to give me more freedom, more time freedom, more money freedom, more freedom to get my message out, more freedom to talk to more people. It, there has to be freedom involved or I I ain't into it. <laughs> I'm anti anti-prison. I've even, ta- I've been even talking yes. about how, how, you know, even, uh, to me, and this might be controversial. Here we go. Polarizing. Ah, even, even something like <laughs> homeownership is to me a prison because you're stuck in one place. And that's my perspective, yeah. of course, but that's how deep my love of freedom goes. <laughs> I, I'm like, I live it. I walk it. I talk it. And, you know, I walked away from a, a comfortable house in the city, um, to come be out in the, the middle of nowhere in my off grid you know, tiny home situation for the freedom because I didn't want to be, I want to unplug myself from this system as much as possible. So yeah. So everything that I do, including the entrepreneurship journey is all about getting my hands in as much freedom as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. Very, very common theme. Um, uh, First of all, thank you for taking the time out of your day uh, to share your story. What a, what a wild entrepreneurial ride really appreciate you sharing that with our listeners today. Well, thanks for having me. It's such a treat to be able to share because I don't often get to just sit and like just have a casual conversation about my journey. So it it is nice to be able to get that out because I'm sure somebody is going to listen to it and be like, oh my gosh, yes. Okay. I need to go do that. So if if me sharing all of my bumps and bruises, get somebody to take action, then that would be amazing. And please reach out to me and let me know (laughs) because I would love to hear um, if, if this affected you at all. Yeah. Yeah. Or inspired you or whatever. Absolutely. Well, yes. If anyone listening to this show, uh, you know, if this, this has made a difference for you or inspired you to take a leap, uh, ping us on social, um, at Kajabi on most all social yeah. platforms. We'd love to hear about it. Um, of course you can hit up Chelsea's email, email list as well. Um, we will find a way to make sure that she hears that too. If you hit us up, <laughs> Um, but with that said, I think that's all we have for you this week. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, would appreciate it if you left us a review on your favorite podcast. I love reading the comments in iTunes or Apple podcasts. Uh, so leave those for us as well. Um, we thank you for listening and we'll look forward to seeing you next week on the Kajabi Edge podcast. 